Hey, it's Josephine. And it's Maya. And this is People Like Us. People Like Us. The podcast. A serious episode, I guess. Yeah. We have shit to talk about. Yeah, we do. And it's topical, again. Yeah. We're, we're trying to do this. <laughs> yes. I feel like it needs to be said. Yeah. Or stuff I, needs to be talked about. For sure. I've been trying to stay away from a lot of this recently, because mm-hmm. I haven't been in the best place. But yeah. I need to learn about what's been going on. And I think also, sadly, we live in a time where we kind of have to be educated on this stuff. Yeah, definitely. But you also do need to know when to take breathers. So should we do, like, a little warning for, like, content of this podcast in case people don't want to listen? Yeah, of course. Um, I guess sexual assault. Yeah. Murder details. Yeah. Rape details. Yeah. Any violence against women, if you don't hear about it. I mean, I'm going to try not to go into too much detail because... Like, it's not great stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I've read it. I don't really want to read it again. No. You haven't read it. I don't think no. you want to read it. I or probably... certain details. Yeah. I'll but try yeah. and, like, generalize it so we can get an idea. Yeah. Like, how horrific it was, because I don't think we can gloss over... No. ...how horrible some stuff is. Yeah. Because, like, it's important to whatever we're going to talk about. Which but is... So, yeah. You read Eurydice, and um, it overlaps with some of the issues with yeah, triple X tentation. I'm just gonna call him X because I can't be bothered to pronounce that every single time. No, and also I don't want to say his name. Um, <clears throat> so I guess we can start with Eurydice, yeah, who died recently because she was murdered, raped, and murdered in Melbourne. Yeah, she was found on a soccer field in. In a North Melbourne, she was found by a passerby, and they have arrested someone. And yeah. the person who did it was 19. Yeah, that's our age. And, I don't know, that's really sad. I don't understand how people are capable of doing that, number one, let, or, like, let alone someone as young as that. Like, it just baffles me. I know. I. It speaks to, like, upbringing, but also he made that choice. Yeah. What bothers me about this case, in like not just her murder, but mm-hmm. how people are taking it. So it's been like a big discussion in the news that women should be in charge of their own safety and take precautions mm-hmm. to avoid this type of violence, which I think mm-hmm. is bullshit yeah. <laughs> because that's just victim blaming. Yeah. And no matter what precautions Eurydice's Dixon may have taken or not taken, she didn't deserve to die. No. That man shouldn't have taken her life. And I don't think taking those precautions would have stopped him or stopped yeah. him from going after someone else even. No. Yeah, it really frustrates me that it's the opinion of so many people that, not that, um, like, she didn't, because she actually did. Like, I know that she texted her mother or her friend that she was close to home um, and that she was walking, which is, like, what I do. Like, sometimes I'll call a friend yeah. when I'm walking alone, so, like, it looks like 
walking with purpose or like knowing where I'm going, especially at night, which just because it's nighttime, it doesn't mean we have to be safer. There are so many things in these types of cases that just saying that precautions should have been taken or like she shouldn't have been walking around at night. It's just like, why do women have to police themselves? Yeah. Or change their mm. own actions or like prevent themselves from doing anything like walking through a park at night should be a safe place safe for women safe for everyone yeah but it isn't no and i think that's really unfair i was just trying to find a tweet that summed it up really really well but i can't yeah. find it but i think you know the one where it's just like women like make sure that you don't stay at home because you're more likely to be murdered in your own home than you are out in the street but also when you're out on the street make sure that you have your phone in your hand but mm-hmm. you aren't wearing anything like you know have you seen that one yeah going around? yeah it's I it's really sad. For me, I don't live in an area where I feel safe being out mm-hmm. on the street anyway. Right. Um, I live in a very low socioeconomic area, and my house, it looks different to everyone else's because we've renovated it recently. Mm-hmm. And we kind of look very upper middle compared to everyone else in our neighborhood, even though we aren't. Yeah. And so we've always kind of or at least my sister and I are walking through that suburb especially when it wasn't there are like nicer people moving to the area now mm-hmm. but we were always quite targeted and our parents would be like just like make sure that like if you're walking home you text us even if it's like during the day like you let us know like where you are yeah. and I live very close to a shopping center and there are also like a bunch of parks nearby and my friends used to be able to, like, go to the park and, like, chill out. And a lot of my guy friends would go and, like, all hang out. And I was, like, one of those girls growing up that did have a whole bunch of guy friends and I was never allowed to go and do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. just in case. Yeah. But I remember one time, like, I didn't text my mum or I forgot to text her that I was on the bus on the way home and it was night time and mm-hmm. she freaked out when I got home and I yeah. was like I don't see why this is a problem she's just like like anything could have happened yeah like between that even yesterday <clears throat> my sister she had like art club and she had the car but mm-hmm. I know that she parks on a street and it's like a five minute walk to like go into that car mm-hmm. and 40 minutes have passed like since school ended and within that 40 minutes I had like full-on mental breakdown because I was like what if someone grabbed my sister while she was walking to a car she was at art club I just completely forgot Mm -hmm. but like within that amount of time I was able to have like a full mental breakdown be like why weren't you answering your phone why weren't you just like because I'm in class yeah exactly yeah it's like that still happens to me like my mom wants me to text her like all the time just to just to make sure yeah because over texting or like mm. texting as many updates is yeah. better than radio silence. Yeah, I even remember like there have been like certain times where like you would like go out on dates and you'd be like, I'm here, mm-hmm. I'm with this person. Yeah. And like that's a whole nother like conversation. But I don't like how I have to do that to make other people know that I am safe. Yeah. And it, also, like, yourself me. to feel safe. Yeah. Like, at least someone knows I am in this location or I'm just supposed to be in this location just in case. It's, like, for my own peace mm-hmm. of mind as well as just, quote-unquote, taking precautions. 
Which we shouldn't even... Because I know that the majority of people thinking this is women, or, like, people who are more likely to be attacked, let's say. Yeah. And, oh, it's just, it's just bullshit, but, like, it's so ingrained in, like, my personal routine. Like, I can't really imagine stopping doing that because Mm I don't feel safe. And, like, there are just, like, little things, like, every single day that, like, you have to do just to feel slightly safer, like walking home and, like, having, like, your keys and your knuckles Mm. just in case. I do that. Like, I, okay, I can't remember what I was watching. I think I, it was one of those 48-hour series. Yeah. And it was about one of the victims that this guy had who survived. She was just sitting in her car and she didn't lock the doors. Mm -hmm. And he just got in and just forced her drive somewhere and then he like raped and abused her and then mm-hmm. left her for dead on the side of a road yeah and like stole a car and i park in like a car spot that it's just for like people at my work mm-hmm. but even then like it's in a neighborhood that's like kind of okay but people will hang out in that car park and i've never seen them there but mm-hmm. my boss has and he's made comments about that kind of stuff going on to me and I remember after I watched that, I would walk. I start walking up to my car with keys in my face. It doesn't even matter if I'm surrounded by people. I know that people can see me, but, like, it's the only way that I can feel safe. And it doesn't matter if it's in, like, the middle of the day or if it's at night and I've just gotten off a train. I will walk from the train, like, leave the carriage with my keys in my fist. Yeah. And to, like, walk up to my car. And then as soon as I get in my car, I will lock it. And I make sure that I close the car door really, really quickly so that way the lights aren't on for a really long time Mm because I want to make sure that no one can see me. Yeah. Because I'm so terrified of what's going to happen to me. What if the one day that I don't lock the car door is Is the one day? day. Yeah. But also, like, those little things, like, if anything were to happen, at least you'd be, like, a little bit more prepared. Or you'll Mm -hmm. have, like, a little bit of an advantage having, like, the keys. Yeah. To, like, somehow... Yeah. Protect yourself, like, self-defense. But, like, yeah, I have that fear that, like, the one day I'll forget to do something is, like, the day that it'll happen. Mm. And that's just terrifying. Like, I know when I walk home alone, like, in the dark, like, I will call someone. Or, like, I'll keep my flash, like, I'll keep my yeah. flashlight on and call someone and walk with purpose. Because, like, I feel like the moment you look, like, lost or, like, slightly that's vulnerable. Exactly. So it's, like, even, like, even if I'm, like, afraid or scared or whatever, mm. like, you have to fake it. You have to fake, yeah. like, you know exactly where you're going. Even, like, I check maps a lot, and I check, oh, like, God. every three seconds. I'll try to look like I'm reading something else instead of um, that, because I'm like, I know exactly where I'm going. Yeah. I don't need a fucking map. Like, shit like that, that's just, like, little differences that can, like, lower your yeah. chances of being a target or something. Like, I don't even know if it works, but it makes me feel better, at least. I have a very good resting bitch face, anyway. <laughs> That's great. Right? I mean, the problem with that is I get harassed quite a bit on the street for different reasons. When I had my hair shorter, mm-hmm. it was just being, yo, general abuse. So I grew my hair out longer, mm-hmm. and now I get yelled other kind of abuse at me, mm-hmm. which is so fun. That's, like, this is a whole other conversation, but I think it maybe ties I think it, in. It rele- it's relevant. I first started getting catcalled when I was about 12. Mm-hmm. That's gross. Um, the first time a man ever made a gross comment to me was when I was 12, and it was from my neighbour, who still lives behind me. 
Mm. And he's disgusting, and I hate him. Um, he said to me, oh, so you're going to be 18 soon. Like, you're looking a lot older these That's days. Disgusting. And I was just like, what I'm 12. Fuck? I'm in year six. What the actual... And it was in front of my dad. And he was trying to get my dad to say, like, doesn't she look old? Like, doesn't she look, like, older? Oh, soon you're going to be able to date whoever you want. And my dad was just like, she's in year six, dude. What the fuck? And then we never spoke to him again. And he's disgusting. And I hate him. But... I remember walking to the shops one day with my friend and just getting, like, yelled at. And we were just like, we're in year six. This yeah. is disgusting. What the fuck? You're all grown men. But even recently, I've tried to do my stone face where I'm just like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Just no fucks. I'll listen to Bex up all night and really channel Celine Rigaud in that mm-hmm. music video. Just no fucks. Just, like, I'm walking with purpose. I could kill a man if I wanted to right now. Yeah. And even then, I've had men tap me on the shoulder and be like, are you okay, sweetie? Like, are you, are you okay? Like, why aren't you smiling? Are you sad? And I'm just like, what the actual fuck? Why are you talking to me? And then as soon as you swear at people, they're just like, um, are you serious? Yeah. It's like, oh, sorry for trying to help you. And it's like, that's not helpful at all. I think also there's like a massive problem with people not stepping up, this isn't really something that I've, like, talked about too much, but, like, when I first started, like, getting the train into uni, mm-hmm. there was this one man who groped me a couple of times. Same man. Happened, like, three times on the train. Where I would be standing up. It's a morning carriage. You can't get a seat. You have to stand. And every single morning, it wasn't every single morning, it was, like, over the span of, like, three weeks, this guy would be on the train, like, once a week, same day. And um, I kind of just dressed like one of the kids out of Stranger Things, even though what I'm wearing shouldn't, you know... Dictate anything. Dictate. But also, I dressed like the Stranger Things kids. Mm-hmm. For perspective, I was probably wearing a striped T-shirt and baggy, baggy-ass jeans and, like, a jacket that's three sizes too big for me. And I would be just standing on the train, minding my own business, listening to music, and... It kind of just started where, like, you know, the train moves and you can't always grab onto anything. And so, like, he would accidentally, like, grab onto me for support. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of got more, you know, like, constantly holding onto my shoulder and me looking at him and just giving him a look like, no, dude, can you not do that? Yeah. And then he'd be like, oh, so you, are you going to uni? I would just say nothing. I'd just turn my music up louder and try and drown him out. It was just before he got off. He got off at Strathfield Station. And even now, like, when I go past it, I, like, low-key. I'm just like, fuck, what is there? Mm. He's this old white man. And the train, like, moved suddenly and he just grabbed my boob. And he just held onto it for, like, a good stop. And everyone in the carriage was looking. And no one did anything. And he would talk to me, be like, where are you going? Are you going to uni? What uni are you at? And then when I wouldn't respond, he'd just be like, you're a bitch. And you know that, right? Like, you're a bitch. And every single time that it happened, no one said anything. Everyone in this carriage was just looking at me and this guy just grabbing my boob. And no one said anything. No one had a go at him when he got off at the station. Everyone just pretended like it didn't happen. And I was just like, 
I that was like in the morning. Yeah. Like, regardless of where you are, it doesn't matter. Like, shit's going to happen. And like, what are you meant to do in that situation? Yeah. If I confront him, like, he's just going to continue. He's to call just you going a bitch. to continue to call me a bitch. But also, like, why couldn't anyone else stand up for me? Or, like, say, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I was in shock. I didn't know what to say. And yeah. I ended up not getting on that train. And I purposely was, like, missing trains. Like, being late to class for, like, three weeks afterwards. Because I was terrified that he was going to be on that train. Yeah. Thank God our uni timetables, they switch mm-hmm. every semester. So I haven't had to see him since then. But every single time I'm stressed, I just can't. Yeah. I just and I I'm terrified of standing up on trains now, especially in the morning. Not so much at night because everyone's kind of I don't know, everyone seems to be minding their own business more at night. But I've like been sitting on like the train and I've had guys sit right up next to me and like just slide their hand onto my thigh. So gross. And the thing is like when people, like, I remember saying this to one of my friends, and they were just like, oh, well, it's a compliment. What the fuck? No. And I was just like, no. No, you, it's not, okay? Okay, there's, like, a, a bit of that which is, like, why are you excusing a disgusting person? And then it's a bit of, like, don't you have any self-respect that does not require someone else touching you unasked? that means it's a compliment like i don't understand granted this friend um the first time they got catcalled they rang to tell me about it and how excited they were that finally someone was giving them attention i was like are you fucking kidding me so she said i got catcalled i was like oh my god are you serious like are you okay like is there anything that i can just like what are you talking about and i'm like that's a that's an attention and self-worth problem right there right like but the fact that like People will actually, like, majority of the time it is men who think that. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about my experiences being, like, yelled at and stuff with yeah. boys. And they've always been like, oh, but, like, and I was like, no. But the fact that that came from a girl genuinely terrified me. Like, That's what if bizarre. she was on that train? And I was like, oh, and it was a serial. And just, like, inviting those responses is just not great no. for the rest of us. No. But... The fact that maybe that runs through their minds that, oh, this is, but I just... People confuse me. Yeah. I don't feel safe anywhere. And that maybe that's a mix of being quite gay anyway. But even then, I felt so unsafe looking visibly gay or, you know, like, kind of like visual gay tropes mm-hmm. that I, I, I really liked having my hair a little bit shorter mm-hmm. but I couldn't have my hair shorter and actually just leave the house yeah. and not be yelled at mm-hmm. and me talking <clears throat> even about that with like my gay friends even like my butch gay friends none of them ever believed me when I said that I'd been harassed and then they would say that oh you're lying about it because you want people to think that you're attractive and I was like what? you serious? You get better friends now. Yeah. I don't understand. That's I just, so horrible. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just like these experiences 
are not limited to like any one person or no, like any victim. It, that, it happens that has been attacked. It happens on the daily. It's excused. No one yeah. calls it out no. often. I won't. I would say no one. People call it out sometimes, but like not often More enough. People need to. Yeah, it's it's just an accepted experience mm. that we have to like plan for. Yeah, but like instead mm. of get rid of, which yeah. I think is really. Depressing. But even then, no matter how much you plan for it, as soon as you can't be guaranteed. You can't guarantee how you're going to react in that situation. Exactly. Or, you can't, or like you can't guarantee that you're going to be prepared for it. No. Fully. No. Because I know like any experiences that I've had, I, like, still feel like shit after. When I think about it now, I feel like, in retrospect, like, I should have been, like, more defiant, I should have called mm. it out, I should have but said something. But even then, you shouldn't but even, in the even moment, been exactly. in that situation. Exactly. And, like, in the moment, it feels so different. Like, you can't prepare how you'll feel right after it happens. Because, like, nothing can repay you for someone just, like, commenting on you, like, you're, like, an object or whatever. Yeah. And... Like, I put my earphones in constantly when I walk around, which I feel like is slightly unsafe because I don't really hear what's going on. Yeah. But I also, I don't want to hear the cat calls. I don't want people no. to talk to me. Having my hair shorter made me feel safer when I was walking around because I knew that no one would be able to grab my hair. Yeah. But also at the same That's time. terrifying. Right? I'm terrified, like, oh, that no. someone's going to grab my hair from behind when I'm walking and, like, I'm just like, I just want to shave it off as soon as I start thinking about it. But yeah. headphones, people, you're more likely to be attacked when you're wearing headphones because people assume that you won't hear them coming. But also headphones, yeah. you're meant to have them in because it's a deterrent from people talking to you. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah it, it has its ups and downs. But, I mean, more often than not, people talk to me. Yeah. And I really dislike that. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what it is, people asking for directions, I don't even like that. Like, I don't want anyone to talk to me. The question mm-hmm. I get most often from people that I don't know is, where are you from? And I hate that. Because one, one, it's a long fucking story. And two, I know it's just because I look different. Yeah. And I don't really appreciate being exoticized and being like, oh, yeah. where are you from? Like, you don't look Indonesian. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. I know I don't. I don't need you to comment on that for me. Yeah. Just don't talk to me. Like, maybe yeah. that's it. Um, but... Like, I don't know. I don't I don't understand people's need to go up to a stranger no. and talk to them. Like, like one, that's not how you make friends. Two, I don't know why it's necessary. Three, they never have anything good to say. So I'm just like, <laughs> leave me alone. And earphones are a great deterrent for that because both of them are in. I'm either l- listening to a podcast or music. Yeah. So even if someone tried to talk to me, I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. And I can just walk away. And I don't yeah. feel, like, bleed dick. Because I'm like, oh, you've already seen the earphones. You're just continuing to talk to me just because. Because you feel yeah. entitled to. Yeah. But I'm not going to give you that entitlement because I don't give a fuck. Mm. I don't know. It's just like... <sighs> the fact that we have to do all this is so draining. Just to exist. I know. Just to like literally walk outside of my own house. Like The thing that I try to I- explain mainly to like people like my parents' age and like even just like being gay like adds on top of it but Mm -hmm. like being born when like you're a girl and also non-binary and just anyone who just doesn't look like 
straight white man. Yeah, it's going to be like straight white man, yeah. If you are born a straight white man, your existence is inherently political. And, and you're susceptible to any kind to of attack. anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are. And it's just like, trying to explain that, like, my dad has like a pretty good understanding of it. And like, he's done quite a bit of research and like but then he's also just like you know like ever since I had daughters and I'm just like no fuck you dad you should just been like that the entire time mm-hmm. even though like he never has been one to like I don't think he's like ever catcalled right trying to explain to him and my mum just like when I leave the house I feel unsafe just because I exist yeah and even at home like you can feel safe with your family but also like I think being as into, like, serial killers as we are, Mm -hmm. you're aware that, like, you have a higher chance of being murdered by someone in your own family than you do as soon as you leave the house. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I don't like that statistic. Yeah, I think... It's not good. Like, learning about true crime and serial killers and all these things is, like, a coping mechanism in the way that I can learn about every different way someone's been killed But also I'm terrified that one day... There's going to be a podcast, and it's going to be two young girls sitting in an audio booth at their uni, <laughs> and they're going to be talking about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that terrifies me, too, in, in such, like, a visceral way. Like, you hear all these names of victims that you can't possibly remember every single one, mm-hmm. but I can probably remember so many killers' names. But, like, the focus is always taken off of the victim, which, bringing it back to Eurydice, is mm-hmm. really sad. Like, I'm glad that people are spreading her name and that we know her name because she is the most important part of the story. Yeah. And taking all these precautions, knowing all these things, in the end, probably doesn't help. No. I mean, it probably helps, like, maybe 2% more. All these other, like, situational circumstances are out of our control. Yeah. Probably, like, if anything were to happen, knock on wood, it doesn't. But, um... Like, I don't think anything can change the fact that today we are still vulnerable. Yeah. And we're still targets, no matter what. And yeah. we can't change that. We're targets right now. And we're yeah. sitting in an audio booth. Anyone could walk in through that door and we have nowhere to go. Hey, I can lock this. That door doesn't really close properly, though. Yeah, it does. Does it? Oh, cool. Okay, See? well, now we're not targets. Oh. Okay, it doesn't lock. Well, I'm just going to pull it closed if anything happens. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I think it's the response to Eurydice that makes me really... It's a mix of anger and just, like, defeat and upset in the fact that people blaming Eurydice, um, like, did you hear the statement from Victoria Police? Mm-hmm. The, like, Victoria Police Commissioner was like, women should be in charge of their own safety. And I'm like, if the police are saying that, no. we well, like we have to police ourselves at this point. Like, no. it's all it's all our fault because we didn't take precautions. But the thing is, she did. She did, and she has been killed. Like that's that's the bottom line. And until we, like, I hate saying this, but until you teach the younger generation to not rape and murder, nothing happens. Mm-mm. Like, just decades upon decades of murders and rapes and a bunch of other crimes where women are the majority of victims 
is just something that we can't change yet. And I think that fact is what upsets me the most. Yeah. Like, I can't change anything. No mm-hmm. one can change anything at no. this point. I mean, we can take steps to try and change things, but... At the end of the day. Yeah. It's at the a end culture. of the day. Yeah. 30 women have been killed in Australia this year. 30. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And, like, I'm sure... I'm sure that they all took precautions every day of their life, but that didn't stop them from being no. killed. And then... So, this culture of letting this happen and then even still continuing to blame the victims makes me really angry. Yeah. And also just like, like forces you to be pessimistic because like it isn't Mm. even being pessimistic. It's being realistic. Yeah. And that is really fucking tragic. Mm. I think like also just not being believed is a big thing. Or I told my parents about what happened on the train, but I only told them about one incident as soon as I said that to my dad, my dad was just like, no one actually did that to you. And I was like, why is that the immediate response? I don't understand. And I was just like, are you serious? And he's just like, like, come on. Like, there's no way a man actually did that to you. And I was like, have you ever seen a man? Like, have you ever seen a old, white, entitled baby boomer before? Like, are you kidding? But the fact that I would... You can bring it up to people, and it doesn't matter if it's catcalling, and it doesn't matter if it's sexual assault. Majority of the time, no one believes you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't... It's just like, why do I even bother? And then you start thinking, well, did it actually happen? And then you start doubting yourself. And And then it's like you become like the self-victim blamer. It's just... It just is a vicious cycle. And then it's just like, well, maybe I shouldn't have been dressed like the Stranger Things kids. You know, the outfits of the Stranger Things kids are the least promiscuous outfits in the world. Like, that, I don't understand. I was dressed like Mike Wheeler. And it's just like, the fact that disbelief is the initial reaction Mm. to a story of trauma is really disheartening. And, like, I don't tell people when things happen Mm. to me, unless it it just happened and I, like, see someone. Yeah. I don't really confide in, like, my parents or anything because I know, like, one, that will just make them more worried and, two, it's just unproductive because, like, once it happens, you can't really do anything mm. besides help yourself yeah. in caring for yourself. Yeah. Because, like, one, no one can do anything and, two, I don't think it would help if they tried. I find it so frustrating, though, that we're prepped. As soon as we leave the house, we're just like, if this happens, I'm ready to face it. And your parents will be like oh you need to do all this like to make sure that you aren't but then as soon as you are that didn't actually happen mm-hmm. or like, like is this you weren't your... prepared enough yeah it's just or like, what is did this... you do to cause this and it's just like is this your way of coping with the fact that it happened or like I suppose maybe it's like the generation difference to like I don't know yeah I don't really understand I think I think my mom understands it more than my dad does because she's a woman. Because she's a woman, and she's faced it. Yeah, my dad will never know what that feels like. It makes it hard to be empathetic with yeah. something you don't understand. Also, or, and aren't really open to hearing either. I think a lot of the time, though, when I do talk to my cis white male peers about this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. 
they also love to like reaffirm like, oh, well, I'm I'm not like that. Yeah. And it's just like, well, you are. You're in the category. You have the chance of being like that. You could turn any single day. Statistics say you could be. Exactly. That's, that's the answer. I was yeah. talking with a friend and it was me and this other girl talking to a friend and we were telling him about things we do, like precautions we do to stay safe. And he was he was completely unaware, oblivious that like women have to do this every single day. Mm-hmm. Like he was in shock that like we do it every day and we do it for these particular reasons. And he was just like, like I knew women sort of feel unsafe, but I didn't know that these are like the lengths you go to try and protect yourself. And it, like that just goes to show like it's like a culture that one like happens all the time, and two like no one really cares about if they're not the attacker no. or the victim. No. Like, it's just, it's freaky. I also wanted to talk about this rapper who's yeah. been killed recently. Mm-hmm. Because it makes me angry. Because I think it really does feed into the whole culture. It, it's, yeah. It's indicative of the same issue in a mm-hmm. completely different way. It's just revolting. And I. Yeah. What made me angry is one, I have an issue with people posting about celebrities when they die, anyways. Yeah. Just because, like, this is unrelated, but, like, your one insignificant post does not matter. Mm-mm. Like, I don't care no. if you want this person to rest in no. peace. You saying this does not make any difference. No. So I have an issue with that already. And then on top of the fact that X was a rapist, a yeah. kidnapper, an abuser, an all-round terrible person... Yeah. And people continued to ignore this or just didn't want to believe it or recognize this. And one, continued to support his music when he was alive, and two, wanted to glorify his memory the moment he died. I think that was shocking because it's people I, I know and knew. Yes, yeah. I unfollowed, blocked them, whatever, immediately once I saw it. But, like... I don't know, it's just... Because you know what it means when someone does that? Is that they're willing to forgive an abuser. Yeah. They have no respect for the victim that was affected. Yeah. And therefore a bunch of assault victims. Like, excusing one abuser excuses them all. Yes. Yeah. People who still support Chris Brown, like, fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. Have you, like... Read the police report about what he did to Rihanna, because it is so much worse than punching her. Yeah. It is so much worse. And, like, supporting them financially, supporting them creatively, giving them a platform in any way... You can't separate it. ...is atrocious. Like, and then I saw a bunch of posts claiming that what he did when he was alive was a mistake he made when he was young. No. 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 I don't care that he was just 20 years old. No. I'm 20 years old. I would never make that mistake. No. Like, and it's just like, so if you if you don't know, so he abused his girlfriend who was pregnant at the time, tried to kill their child. He locked her in a bathroom for two days, and there are a bunch of other grimy details that I don't want to get into. I, I know about yeah but that that's not a mistake not <laughs> you don't not, kidnap a person for two days and mm-mm. beat her that's not a mistake you no. make 
he showed no remorse. Mm-hmm. He showed no no remorse for that attack. He beat a gay man for looking at him in prison. I don't care that that was in prison. No. I don't care if you're going to claim that it wasn't just because he was looking at him. That's exactly the reason yeah. from eyewitness reports. Yeah. You can't defend that in any way. He was homophobic. He was a terrible person. If you excuse that, like, you have little respect for women. You have little respect for assault victims, men or women. And it's just, that's ridiculous. If you're going to place the quality of his music over actual people's lives, like, that goes to show what kind of person you are if you're doing that. It's ridiculous. And, like... Like, I saw so many. I don't know how many people I unfollowed the other day, but it made me so angry. And people were making light of it on Twitter. And people were making jokes, which, granted, were pretty funny. (laughs) And people were getting all up in arms about, like, disrespecting the dead. And that is also an issue because people don't change the moment they die. Nah. They died the exact person they were living as who in his case, was a terrible person. Him being killed doesn't change that. Obviously, the person who murdered him is a terrible person because he just committed murder. Yeah. But that doesn't change that the person who is dead is no different than the person who was alive. And people make jokes about everyone, and the fact that he's dead does not make that, not one, not funny, Mm. and two, any disrespect. He disrespected a pregnant woman who he was supposed to be like, in a partnership with. Mm. And why do we need to show him respect? Like, I don't understand. Like, arguments against respecting the dead just do not make sense. And just, like, people who... Like, there's such a big culture of, like, forgiving abusers. Like, sending threats to the people that they assaulted. Especially abusers who also are artists. Exactly. And it's... And that's even worse, because they're in the public sphere. They have a platform. They have money to do whatever they want. Yeah. It's like, okay, I think maybe we talked about it briefly in another podcast, Woody Allen. Yeah. Horrific. Yes. Another example where she was never believed Mm -hmm. as well. He still is allowed to make art. And that just makes me so angry. Yeah. My mum never told me what Woody Allen did. I watched my first Woody Allen film last year and turned it off halfway through because it was so fucking boring. Yeah. Because I was like, you're making a film about how all these women want you and you're a piece of shit, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I learned about all that kind of stuff and I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, well, that's probably why he hasn't been making films. He has been making films. I just didn't realise Because he has the money, too. Yeah. And he has the money and the influence to let all this pass. Yeah. And yet people will still talk about Woody Allen. He still gets nominated for shit. Yep. And it's just like... I watched a video, and I can't remember who did it, but it was about how Woody Allen was his favourite filmmaker. Right. And how he's always tried to, you know, not listen to, like, what has been going on in on the sidelines, air quotes, because he never wanted to believe that this person that he idolised could be capable of doing this kind of things. And also for him, it was more about the art. Mm -hmm. Once he started to educate himself, he realised 
that you cannot separate the art from the artist. Especially Woody Allen, the majority of his earlier works, at mm-hmm. least, influenced by parts of his life. There was yeah. that one film where, I can't remember what it's called, but there's this scene where um, he's arguing with his girlfriend in the film and saying, like, oh, you're looking at her, like, she's only 14. And he was just like, what, she's a beautiful woman. And she's like, she's only 14. And I was like... So I'm not, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. a big like, enough red flag in yeah. it. But um, in the end, he, like, drew the conclusion, you cannot separate an artist from their art. You just can't do it. As soon as someone shows you their true colours and what they're capable of, like, X, mm-hmm. you can't separate that. Yeah. You just can't. You, you just can't do it. Yeah. And, I know I struggle, like, so much with separating art from artist. Like, like depending on whoever mm-hmm. the creator is, I'm I'm always tossing up between that. Yeah. Because, like, it is hard. Like, sometimes people produce something that I, I, I like and I want to like, but the reality of the person who created it is so distracting and, like, horrible. Mm-hmm. But, like, in supporting artists who are attackers and just horrible people you're financially supporting them in continuing to exist in this world comfortably mm-hmm. you're supporting them in on a public platform where they can do anything and continue to have influence it's just i don't know i don't know it's i can understand horrible. if people who listen to his music and who were fans of him and who didn't know about all this stuff until recently, I can understand if they're in shock and if they're just like, no, he, he made mistakes because they haven't really sat down with it yet. I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, even though as like, people knew that this kind of stuff was happening, though. Like, it's not like this was anything It doesn't new. It's take just been long brought to up. educate yourself. No, it doesn't. It. But... I don't know. I just... I... It just makes me so depressed and angry that people can be capable of doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that other people just don't care. Mm-hmm. But it'll... Yeah, I think the part that hurt me a lot was people I know yeah, excusing, excusing, it. excusing it. And then, like, my mind's always going to jump to if that were me or someone I knew, like that woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one cares. No one. No. And it's such a large portion of, like, the population that is willing to bat an eye or forget or just continues to support, like, and like possibly when you a are murderer. continuing to support, like him, you are. It's a massive fuck you to her and her experience. Yeah. And she did and not have the financial capability to support herself, or like to get medical treatment for what he did. No, like she has a GoFundMe if you can donate to yeah. her to reconstruct her face after what he did because like that costs money which he probably had and didn't give to her and she's now struggling mm. and i think people excusing 
his behavior is, yeah, like a big fuck you to her and to her experience. And that's just depressing. Yeah. My favorite tweet that did come out of it, though, was, it was about Woody Allen. And oh, yeah, I'm like, my favorite tweet while you think Honestly, can't wait for Twitter to blow up after Woody Allen dies. Oh, my God, yeah. It's going to be... I can't wait for that day. I don't, un- yeah, I don't understand why we need to respect people who were dickheads while they were alive when they're dead. We don't. That's we why. don't. Honestly, the day Woody Allen dies... Let's throw a party. I am going to just go off on Twitter. I'm going to just go off in life in general. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have a party. It'll be mm-hmm. great. Day Donald Trump dies. Oh, boy. Like... We could get into everything that's going on in the U.S. as well, because that's really fucking oh my God. messing me up. And I can't deal with that. Just look like, into U.S. politics, what's happening on the border, because just have a look at it. It's making me so angry. And Chelsea Peretti is out there doing the most on Twitter, educating people. I love her. I would die for She's her. She's a great Twitter account to follow. I just... If you aren't aware of what's going on in the world... Actually, if you aren't aware what's going on in the world and you are old enough and you feel capable enough of educating yourself about the grim realities that people are facing every day, do it. It pays not to be it, ignorant. It, it really does. I love being educated about this kind of stuff because it's a big fuck you to the older generations who think that they can just shut you down with the whole age thing and the whole class because thing Because we're well. so involved with social media yeah, and, and all and then this we're bullshit. PC warriors and shit. Like, fair. Yeah. I had, like, a full breakdown thinking, like... Are you okay? What if I died? And then people were like, oh, okay. oh but he made such good music. Like, whoever the fuck killed me. Yeah. But I'm just like... It's... it's It affects me. Because... And that's... People like, die yeah. every day. And it's not fair. And that's sad. But yeah. Are you okay though? Because I know that... I'm okay. Are you... Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. It's important, I think, to know where you're at with this kind of stuff when you are... Yeah. ...educating yourself. Like, I know that I haven't been able to actually sit with most of this stuff until now. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yesterday I was, like... I, like, dived too deep into this and thought about it for too much of the day. And Mm. I think that was overwhelming. And then I think... After recording this, I don't really want to think about it again. No, no. Unless it gets shoved but in But I my think face. it's good that we're getting it out of yeah. our systems. And I know. think if anyone here did not know about X's past or whatever, now you know, and now you can take steps to educate yourself. Otherwise, don't listen to our podcast again. Yep. And please don't talk to me. And don't follow us on social media. Don't support Chris Brown because he's fucking trash. Yeah, like he's getting popular again, and I really don't understand why. I don't know. I don't know. When he's had that like documentary that came out, I was like, "Please, it's a documentary." It's on Netflix. Oh. It's on Netflix. Why? Why? Why is Netflix giving him money? Netflix has other priorities, like money. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I guess is that the end of that one? I think so. I. I don't really know if I can talk about it. Yeah. Sorry that was heavy, but, but it had to be said. Sometimes we need to do heavy episodes. Yeah. I promise we'll be back with more lighthearted ones hopefully soon. Yeah. When it comes to like a topic as important as this, though, it's important that we do talk about it, especially when it does affect us. Yep. Cool. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Next week.
here. Stay safe.